Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. It's our daily or weekly hit with Jay Lehman. I could do daily with Jay, but don't want to take up too much of his time. And and Jay, all the good vibes of, of week one. We knew UTSA was worthy of a little bit of fretting because uh, they're a good football team. Uh, but man, you just couldn't uh, couldn't have two great weeks in a row for Illinois football, huh? Well, this is Illinois football, right? I mean, we can't we can't stand we can't stand success too much, right? I mean, like we have a little bit of success and then we we take a step back, but. You know, I, I will say, people say, this is so typical Illinois. We see a lot of teams do this. It wasn't too many years ago, Northwestern got beat by Illinois State. You know, uh, Iowa's had its run with MAC teams in the preseason with you and I in Central Michigan years ago. And so it, it's not always just a cakewalk. We knew that UTSA was an experienced team. Um, but at the end of the day, you're at home against a non-Power 5 opponent. You need to win these football games and take the steps in the right direction. Now, if you say, would I take a Nebraska win uh, or I'd take a UTSA win? And some people say, well, you know, you're supposed to win the UTSA on paper, but I think Nebraska all over, right? I mean, because you're recruiting against Nebraska and it's a, a divisional win. And so uh, I think that builds a lot of confidence. Yeah, I think I think this one is more the the fans are, are really disappointed, right? Uh, Brett Bielema ended his press conference saying, I, "I don't like it, I don't accept it, and we have to learn from it." Um, but it doesn't stop you from doing better in the Big Ten West, right? Like if you want to win, I know Big Ten championship game is unlikely for Illinois, but it doesn't hurt you with that. It hurts you with a bowl appearance, right? It hurts you with momentum. Like what is it like in a locker room after that kind of loss, Jay, to a team that you feel like you shouldn't have lost to? coming after a big win. Yeah. You know, I mean, one, one of the biggest losses that, I mean, that I felt, you know, was we went on the road in 2006 to beat Michigan state and we came back and we had back to back losses to Indiana who wasn't that good in Ohio. Yeah. And it was hard. You know, we should have beat that Ohio team and when we didn't beat them. And uh, it does really take the wind out of your sails. I mean, it's really tough to bounce back from that, but um and especially when you have a senior laden team when these guys are like, this is our last shot. Right. And so I think it's difficult, but I think if you zoom out, you know, sometimes we want to zoom in, we zoom out. Um, I still believe despite all the mistakes we saw, it just feels like Illinois has an identity and a plan. Now, is it executed all the time? No. 
Uh, were there holes in that plan? Absolutely, right? Um, but at the end of the day, Brett Bielen has got to say to this team, all our goals are still intact, right? We haven't, we, if our goal is to get to the Big Ten championship game, that, that's still intact. Um, but it's a tough turnaround right here with, with playing at Virginia. You know, Bronco Mendenhall's, you know, a coach, very established coach, always has tough defensive teams. I don't think Bryce Perkins is there anymore, the quarterback. No. Um, Brennan, Brennan Armstrong, who's been pretty good at 300 passing yards and a couple so, touchdowns last week. So they usually got a guy at quarterback. And then they've got to turn around six days later and play a, a Maryland team that can obviously air it out with uh, Talia Tonga Viola. Viola, you got to get that right before the game. Um, you know, so it's it's a tough it's a tough little turnaround right here. Uh, they got to go to Virginia and then back home to play in six days against Maryland. So, um, is this a real test on where they're at? Unfortunately, the injuries seem to be piling up a little bit, right? Um, we missed Calvin Hart in that game. We'll talk about that, but we missed Calvin Hart. And, uh, you know, I think, you you know, I don't know what the synopsis was on Roderick Perry, uh, but it didn't look good in the game. So um, we shall see. I think you met Keith Randolph. Yeah. Keith Keith, Randolph. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Keith, uh, Brett said he wasn't out for the season, but they still waiting for more, but that's at least a positive, but you're going to be without him for a while. And uh, CJ Hart and Keith Randolph were two of your best defenders so far in the season. Before we get, I want to start with the defense with you, Jay, as we usually do, but I do want to give, can we do one positive here from the coaching aspect? The game management of Brett Bielema has really stood out to me. Um, at the end of the half, they had a chance to, to double dip like they did against Nebraska. Now, the, the Kirby Joseph mishap there where he didn't know where he was, Donnie Navarro didn't catch it and let it bounce. And the, part of that's luck. Um, but you had the chance to take the lead before halftime. And then to have all three timeouts, to kick it in the back of the end zone for your defense to execute when it wasn't executing, uh, but to have a chance at the end, like, there's just a little game management things, Jay, of, of time management, all those things. I think Brett Bielema is, is handled pretty well. So I know it's a loss and didn't end up mattering, but it could have. I think that's a, I think a chance. That is a great point, Jeremy. I think it also starts with, you know, in uh, not being able – I didn't, wasn't at the game, so I didn't know if they won the toss and, and they deferred. Yeah. What? So he's deferred I, maybe twice now. We've, we've kicked off first. And that's a uh, – that's an interesting play. You know, the Iowa Hawkeyes, even though they're a defensive team, have always been a team that, that says we're going to take the ball and we're going to do it. Now, he's deferred twice. Um, and I thought he did, a, he did a tremendous job as far as there was a chance for them to score. Uh, and that's right in the second quarter, right? And uh, on another note, you know, a couple of times the defense did bow up in the red zone. I think that was another positive where they, 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 they caused three field goals, right? And that was one of the you know, sudden change moments where it could have been a lot of momentum and they kind of stymied it a little bit. But as far as the end of game too, I mean, we, you knew when Brady ran in for the big run that you had to get two scores, right? So how do you get two scores? Well, it's down 10. He had to get the field goal and he had to get the touchdown. And, you know, I think it was, a, it was a more doable fourth down uh, in that red zone. He would not, he would have gone for it. And, yeah. and you know, and, but he got James McCord out there and, he, and, and McCord hit, I think it was a 32 yarder at that point to, to give us a chance. Right. And then he had all three timeouts left. They got the stop they needed and really had plenty of time. You know, I think the one mistake, you know, that they could go as far as the game management and they thought it would hit was the run play. 
you know, at about the 25 that took up some precious clock and really made them have to take more shots in the end zone rather than run their offense. Um, and it's just very apparent that we just don't have a big guy to go up and get balls other than Deuce Span and Daniel Barker. I mean, Luke Ford was, was, was not a factor, whether just because Sarkowski didn't look for him or not, but you know, there's, there's just not a guy that's big. I mean, I love Isaiah Williams. He's coming into his own hundred yards receiving, but he's five ten, Right. And I think that's hard. So, uh, but the game management, I thought he did a tremendous job of the game management. I think he did a great job. And that's something we haven't necessarily seen in the two minute situations in the past decade or so. Yeah. Putting it lightly. All right, Jay, let's get into the defense. Cause uh, that that's the bigger concern for me. Uh, today, which after Nebraska, I, I know we were both very encouraged by what we saw from Ryan Walters. But, sure. you know, first half, especially Zachary Franklin, I think it was eight receptions for 113 yards. And it, it felt very reminiscent of what we'd seen so many times under Lovey Smith, where guys are just running open. He was just open. It was quick hitters. Um, why was Zachary Franklin and Frank Harris so successful against Illinois' pass defense? Yeah, you know, so. On a bigger on a bigger notion, I thought something we haven't seen in a while is, is Illinois coaches make adjustments, and I think they did make adjustments. So it showed that they made some adjustments that helped. But early on, you know, there was some soft zone. There was some 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 what they call bail man. You have a lot of a big cushion on man to man, you know, and basically it was a combination of let me run the slant route and the quick out route, two routes really. And there was so much cushion. It was really a pitch and catch for Harrison Franklin. I mean, really, it was just, it looked too easy. And you're on the other side, you're like, man, why, why are our guys that open, right? And I know they had some talent at corner and whatnot with Woolen and whatnot. But um, I think Adams did get picked on early. I mean, that was pretty obvious that Adams was the guy they were picking on. And then, you know, Witherspoon went over there. And, uh, you know, did Witherspoon give up some stuff? For sure. I don't think anybody can say that that guy doesn't compete. My goodness. Um, he, he, might he made Franklin it. work for it, right? Like, yeah, he, and, I mean, and, and Devin had some penalties, but he made him work for it. But Jay, why don't, why do you think it felt like it took Walters a little while to make that adjustment? Like even I was a, just press him, make him beat you over the top. Right? Let, right. let your pass rush have a chance. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think Walters has tremendous amount of, of, He's a former player, a high-level player. He's coached as a player's coach. I think, and some maybe sometimes to his fault, he gives his chance of player players to work through it on the field. Like, you know, there's you know, like those there's those uh coaches in basketball, they don't like to take a timeout on a run because I want my team to work through it. And sometimes people are like, take a timeout, right? What are you doing? Right. And that was the time, that was what we were thinking there. I was like, man, why why are they not adjusting? Right. And I think he's got a lot of faith in his players. But the reality was, is they were outmatched schematically and, I, you know, I would say athletically with Franklin a little bit, but they did make an adjustment. But when they made an adjustment, that opened up the run game. Yeah. Right. So it was it was it was really just um, the roadrunners basically counting boxes. Right. I mean, I mean, they would count the box. They would say, OK, the, the game plan is obviously to take take away sincere McCormick and largely did that for the first half. Largely, they had some runs, um, but it was just, okay, let's just throw it on the outside to Franklin, you know? And so they had to pick the poison and, you know, they picked Harris's arm, which was pretty accurate uh, all night. But 
I, I don't want it to be lost that I thought, you know, although Witherspoon got beat a couple times, the guy, the guy, the guy competes and, and make, makes a lot of flashy plays. I think Adams didn't play his best game. Quan Martin struggled, uh, struggled a lot. Um, you know, and, and I like Sydney. He always seems to be about two steps from where he should be a lot of times on the help. And so they wanted to stop the run. And because they did that, the passing was wide open, especially, especially the first quarter and a half. So what's that mean going into a game against a team that I listen, I watched highlights of UTSA's bowl game. I said, Franklin's the guy I'm concerned about. Um, McCormick's a good player, tough player, but I'm like, yeah, you'll run into the better backs in the, in the big 10. Um, but Franklin, I thought was pretty good. So like what stops a team like Virginia or, you know, Purdue, that's got some David Bell, like play, like what's, what's Ryan Walters doing in the future to keep that from happening? Well, it all starts with pressure. Number one, I don't think you can do pitch and catch. You know, let me play in front of him. You know, let, let me just let the ball be caught in front of me and make a play. Um, he's got to find a way to get more pressure. They got pressure the first series. I mean, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Keith Randolph got a second before he got hurt. Um, so it, it all starts with pressure. Um, I think they've got to find a way um, to take away just the first and second. I mean, just, just the, the three-step, because that was what's killing them. It was really just a three-step bam. So like you said, press them, get it over the top. They've got to adjust from what they did. These guys can do that. I know they can. Um, why wasn't it adjusted sooner? I'm not sure. I think everybody in the stadium was like, what is going on? And again, they weren't working in tandem uh, offensively and defensively like they were before. And so they were on the field a ton as well. And so then they started getting worn out and that, that never works out good. Yeah. It felt like the, uh, the defense played well in the second and third quarters and the offense played well. I think it was the second and fourth quarter. So yeah, it just did, didn't seem like it ran yeah. up there very well. Yeah, no, they had some, and the defense did have some stops, like we said, on the red zone. And what's interesting to me is it gets more compressed in the red zone. So you have to play tighter coverage. It's like they didn't want to give up huge, big, big plays, yeah. but they just had, they got killed on little plays. I mean. Reminded and, me of Lovey Ball, Jay. <laughs> reminded me of Lovey Ball. It was Lovey Ball. And, and what was embarrassing to me was actually the touchdown catch from Franklin, where like he runs into a blocker. We don't even keep contain on the outside. That was just bad ball, you know. Uh, the corner doesn't keep contain. He pokes his head inside. Franklin runs around the end for like 20 yards after the catch for, for a touchdown. It should have been a no-gainer. Yeah. And so there's a whole lot of things. And, and quite frankly, it just felt like Harris had way too much time, especially after Mock at the center went out. I thought that was going to be a huge loss. And I think initially it was uh, because he's a good player. But I, at the end of the day, the offensive line outplayed that defensive line mm -hmm. for sure for, for the roadrunners outplayed them. Yeah. Especially the injuries. That's, that's a concern. And then Keith Randolph being out for, we'll see how long, but uh, you said CJ Hart was missed Jay. Why yeah. do you say that? Well, I, I think what Hart adds, I think Barnes played good. So like, I mean, I think he's a leading tackle. I think he's a good player. You need a guy that just makes a play for you when you need it. Right. And I think CJ Hart has that, right? How many times on third down do we need to get off the field? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, it was like, and that was what Brett said in his um, post game. It was the tail of the game was third down defense. 
And what I like about Hart is I found he had a knack in that Nebraska game. When he needed a play, he would make a play. And Hanson's been that guy in the past. So, you know, it, it, it can be him. I think Barnes is a good, solid player. I think he's, 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 he's starting material in the Big Ten for sure. But I thought that C.J. Hart has a little bit more oomph, a little bit more athleticism, the ability to blitz. A little bit of we don't have anybody creating chaos defensively. Like we need a chaos guy, right? Like Joey Bosa was amazing, but I remember what Urban Meyer always said. I don't count the stacks that Joey Bosa has. I count the chaos that he creates. And we don't have any chaotic guys, right? That's just, man, it's they mess with you, you know, on the D line or or a linebacker. We've got guys that are doing their jobs, and so they've got to go find that playmaker. Uh, to kind of create create a little bit of chaos defensively. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Jay, let's focus on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Art Sikowski's stat line looks pretty nice, but uh, career high in, I think, completions, career or close to, to career high in completions, uh, one yard short of a career high in yards, career high in touchdowns. But, man, it felt like there was a lot left out there. Um, what, what did you think about Art Sikowski's performance? Um, so a couple things. Number one, he's taking care of the football, but the guy might lead – in like dropped interceptions, right? Or, or recall. He's got like four in the last game. Like there was three last game, and then I was at the pick the game before, but I got called back because the roughing the passer. So it's not like he hadn't thrown it to him. You're a defensive coach, so you're saying, hey, listen, this guy's going to throw it to you. Just be ready to catch it. And nobody can catch it, you know? So number one, I guess, I guess he hasn't thrown a pick yet, but that's a matter of time. When guys are wide open, he's pretty good. Tony Peterson and Brett, Brett said this, schemed up those plays in the red zone, obviously saw something when you bring motion to the two receiver side, nobody's going to pick up Deuce Span. No one's going to pick up Daniel Barker. Uh, then they ran it to Daniel Barker again uh, later in the game. Um, those were his best plays, you know. Um, he seems to throw the ball a lot better to the outside, to stagnant, not stagnant receivers, but receivers running toward the sideline or, you know, along the sideline. He throws the ball in the middle of the field, and for some reason, it's not accurate. I and, and I and I don't like do span had that one. He beat his guy fair and square. He has the guy on his outside hip, you know, just throw the ball t- literally to the you know to the goalpost, and that's the touchdown. That would have been a huge play, right? And so they're getting the plays, they're getting you know, most of the time they're getting protection. 
But what I see in Sitkowski is really a lack of confidence and trust when it comes to believing the timing and the routes of his receivers. He's hitching a lot. Um, he's got the arm for it. He just needs to trust it. Uh, again, this is his second, uh, his first start, second game playing a lot. And you have to wonder um, if Brandon Peters would hit those balls and how much of a difference that is. And if Sikowski plays like this, is that enough to ward off, uh, you know, Peters coming back from injury? Because you and I both know it just felt like we didn't have confidence in our quarterback to make a play on third down. It yeah, felt we, like that. Why, why do you say that? Like, what are you seeing that makes you think Tony Peterson isn't completely confident in our? Well, when I, when I look at it, it looks like on a lot of his completions, it's designed on where this ball is going to. Like this is this is the guy that's going to be open, which is which for an experienced quarterback is not a bad thing to do, right? Um, I don't see him checking down progressions, doing what we need to do, right? I I would, and we've had running back issues, so this is an issue as well because uh, we've had depth issues there uh, with guys getting banged up and not being out there. Like, I don't know if I've seen him check down much to running backs, right? It's just kind of like one option, one option, two, it's not open, bam. And we don't have a lot of guys that create separation either. So he's got to throw into narrow pockets. He seems to be do better on outside throws um, from what I can tell. Sometimes he throws in the middle of the field and I don't know what it is. I just feel like, I feel like it's going to be a pick or it's going to be he's, – he's just not trusting himself when he throws in that area. So as a, as a fan, and I, and I feel it for the team, I don't feel like there's 100% confidence that they can throw the ball like they need to throw the ball. I think that's the big bugaboo in Illinois, and we're going to see that a lot because what we saw was the edge pressures, right, taking away the zone play from the backside. So even if you're blocking at the point of attack, they're bringing more than you can block mm -hmm. and saying, okay, we're going to man up on the outside. Let's see if Sikowski can make plays. Didn't happen. Yeah. He also had the, the one on one of the, the second to last drive. Um, Isaiah Williams opened on a slant route for, for a touchdown and threw it at his feet. Uh, that was a big play that I don't know if people are talking about as much. Yeah, too. That, that was a huge play. Right. And again, that's to the middle of the field. Now, ironically in the two minute drill, he just started trusting himself where he had to go. He didn't have time. And he had two good balls to Isaiah Williams in the middle of the field. You know, one of them Isaiah had to, got, had to go up for. I give him a lot of credit. How good is he, by the way? Can we, can we throw a positive out there? I mean, I mean, for, yeah, I mean for, for a former quarterback in his first two games, um, he he's he looks great. He, he looks like Wandale Robinson to me. He's, he's really good to go up as high as he did over the middle, as little as he is on back-to-back -back plays, you know, just shows you how tough he is, the kind of guy he is. Um, I'm surprised we didn't see more jet sweeps. Agreed. You know, I'm su I'm surprised, you know, especially that we're hurting at the running back position. I don't know the status of Epstein. I heard he went out in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know the status of Chase Brown. Or he Chase said Chase Brown was going to be good last week, and then today he said he's going to be full go. So I guess we'll see. Mike Epstein sounds like he got nicked up, but should be okay. Um, so I guess it sounds okay. Chase Hayden. Rolled an ankle, but should be available this week. I, I mean, I guess we'll see who dresses each week. I mean, I think I, I think it's really interesting. See, one, one, I think Chase Brown's going to be harder to chase down from the backside than some of these other guys are, okay? Because he accelerates better, okay? So that negates some of the, the pressure that we've been seeing from the edge. Number two is he's actually a home run hitter. 
Yeah. These other guys, I, I Norwood's a home run hitter if you can mind, he just didn't have enough reps, right? Um, I think Josh McCray could be a good football player. You know, he is old school player. He didn't know what he was doing half the time. He probably had two or three times where he went the wrong way, but you know, he's a John he's a, Clay to him, right? Yeah, John Clay, PJ Hill. He's got a better body than PJ Hill, though. Um, uh, John Clay, John, John, John Clay was a man uh, for sure. So, and obviously, Bielema likes that. I think that's what they see out of um, Fagan, you know, the player out of uh, Arthur or Atwood Hammond, yeah. whatever, Arthur maybe. Um, and a bunch of guys have, have offered him now, yeah. but I think that's what they see. They want a guy that's just punishing, right? But at the same time, we got to just run the football consistently. Too many negative plays run the football, especially the edge pressure. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about that, Jay, because like a lot of people look at the offensive line and say, oh, not playing great. Um, I mean, they had 160 rushing yards, but not many per clip. Uh, and I, I went back and watched the film. because I mean, UTSA did win the line of scrimmage. And, but you're seeing eight guys in the box against five offensive linemen. We can't expect Illinois to block that, right? So um, what, what's the counter? What should have been the counter for that for, for Tony Peters? Well, here's where the trust in the quarterback comes, right? Because if you got eight in the box, which we had some eight in the box stuff, and Harris, the quarterback for each of his, tearing us up to Franklin. Okay? So you got to have a guy that you just consistently, we can throw the football, we can protect, we can make people pay. We just don't have that right now. If I had to, if I'm Brocko Mendenhall, I'm probably putting eight in the box as well and saying Illinois wants to run the ball. We're not going to let them run the ball. We're going to let Art Sikowski try to beat us. And so I think you've got to couple, come up with a couple things. One, I think the speed of the jet sweep to get around the edge. And we've seen that with, um, with Brett Bielema teams. Melvin Gordon got famous on the jet sweep. Uh, before he played tailback, yeah. you know, because Monte Ball played in front of him, so so did James White. So that to get to the edge, bootlegs, which Sikowski has shown himself to be decent athlete on scrambles. Uh, I think he can boot, and 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 quite frankly, just throw in the football, just just basic completions. Um, like I said, Sikowski's not all bad, but I think they just they lack confidence a little bit in him. But I think that to beat Virginia, they got to let him air it out, even if it is mistakes. Yeah, and you said the boots. Like, I, I felt like attack the flats with the tight end a little bit, right? I mean, Luke Ford had one target. Daniel Barker, first catch goes for a touchdown, right? Um, feels like those guys get those guys involved a little bit more. And I love the way Peterson used Barker at the end, kind of in that H back, kind of get out in the flat. Um, I feel like they, there's a lot more there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Barker's a great player. I mean, he makes me hold my breath every time he catches the ball because I feel like there's going to be an excessive celebration. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm just like, stop to celebrate, though. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, but so, um, yeah, I mean, I think you got to get in my mind, Barker and Ford got to be out there. I don't care if Barker plays H back or tight end or receiver. Like, yeah, he's better than a lot of the guys out there. I think Donnie Navarro is solid. I, they just never throw him the ball. Uh, and Isaiah is your guy. And, and Deuce is two weeks into playing receiver. You know, how fast is Deuce spin? He looks super fast. He had two plays, played two plays, Jay. Should have had two touchdowns. If his quarterback yeah. threw him the ball, and his quarterback didn't throw him the ball well the first time, right? He still scored a touchdown and, and tap dance there. Like, I mean, yeah, he's I, a special guy. Yeah. I, I asked um, 
I asked Tony like how much he can play. I just don't think he knows a lot of the playbook yet, right? Or, or the route tree. But as a designated deep guy, like you got probably got to get him on the field because he's the one guy right now that seems to stretch the take the top off right. of defense, right? Like right. KT Washington doesn't do that. Donnie doesn't do that. Um, I think you do miss Jafar Armstrong and Brian Hightower. I, I've never seen Jafar really play receiver much, but you know he's got speed and some size. He made plays at Notre Dame, and and Hightower just is a big physical target. You just don't have that right, right out. Right, right. They 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 really are missing are missing that. Um, I also, you know, you said how do you how do we negate that? I would like to see them go a little shotgun quick game with some of their bigger targets when they get them with Barker and Ford. Like I just. Let's see if we can do it. You know, let's see if we do quick game to Isaiah Williams, you know, uh, in the slot. He's a bear. He's just, you know, he's just a little, those are the nightmares for linebackers to cover. Like you can't stand them. Like the only chance to do is knock him down. Um, so there's a lot of things at the end of the day, though, I did. I, I, when I'm watching the game, you know, we've watched a lot of games, a lot of coaches. It does feel like Brett's in control of the game. Yeah. As far as managing him, it might not be going that way, right? It might not, might, might be difficult. Um, if we didn't have the specialists we had in this game, that we would have lost by two touchdowns. I think they were they were that big of a difference for us in this game. Um, probably seven to ten points with the punts, and obviously McCord had two fifty yard field goals. That just doesn't happen at the college level. Uh, that fifty two and fifty three yarder. Um, and th- those are big, you know? And so I still think Illinois has got to get to the point like Iowa, we, Iowa's offense is Iowa's offense, but their defense keeps them in every game. And w- we cannot afford to get into shootouts with people. We just can't afford, we can't afford to, to trade scores. And uh, we've got in order for Illinois to win, they've got to keep their opponent in that 20 to 25 point range. That's their sweet spot. Do you think they have the talent to do that? Like now Keith out and CJ out. Um, is there the talent to do that? No. I mean, I, I you know, I, I hate to say what it is, but I, I just don't think, I know they, they think their D line is, is deep. Um, but but as you said, is there a guy that wrecks havoc? Like I, that, no, I don't think the there's a, I don't think there's the coordinator of chaos over there, right? You know, um, do I think? Do I believe that Ryan Walters is a great coach and doing what he can? Yes. I just don't feel like in the front line. Although some of our guys, it's, it's a lot. Like it's kind of a young front line. Some some of them, you know, Johnny's pretty young. Um, Randolph's pretty young guy, you know, I know Roderick's had years. I mean, he's old man, but, um, you know, we need some, we're just not as stout up front as we need to be. Uh, and that's always been the case, but also defensive backs wise, we didn't play as well as we could have. And so can we keep the teams at 20 to 25? If we play good red zone defense and get turnovers, yes. But can you have an off day and do that? No. Well, I think a good defense on an off day can still do that, especially with an, with a, with an offense like ours that's going to chew up clock. And so they got to work together. And I think the sum of the special teams, the offense, and the defense can get them to that point. 
but just defensively alone, are they talented enough? No, they got to work in tandem with the offense and the special teams. Yeah, Jay, my big <laughs> takeaway from this like, wasn't that, oh, they lost to UTSA. It's the same Illinois team. My thing is this team has such a small margin for error, right? Because of that town. Like, that's, a, that's a good point. I think they're going to be in a lot of close games this year. Right. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of blowouts. Like maybe right. Penn State does, maybe Wisconsin and Iowa do. But I, I just, there's a lot of games where I feel like these opponents are going to be very similar to you, and they're going to be in really close games. And Illinois just can't afford to to miss a streaking wide receiver down the field or for a punt to hit your butt and then turn it over. Right. Like they just right. don't have the margin for error. Like I were to give up a 31 yard touchdown on the third and two. Like you just right. can't. You can't have those things. So I still think this team is is improved. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. They just they can't have those games. Like you can't have winnable games and, and make those kind of mistakes. And the other team does. Well, you can't spot the team fourteen points. Yeah. And and then you know you take away the, the fourteen points, and anybody can do this from any 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 game, right? You say, oh, we beat them thirty to twenty three from then on, right? Kind of sort of right. But to your point, you can't be asleep for the first quarter. I mean, our offense has been asleep the first quarter and a half the last two games, right? We've got to get – we've got to go – and I don't envy Tony Peterson's job, right? I mean, his receivers are hurt. His right tackle has been banged up. His starting quarterbacks played two series um, before he got hurt. And his number one running back, who we thought was number one, we don't know who the – Chase Brown, um, hasn't played. So it's, 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 it's hard, but it has to be complimentary football for them to have a chance. And if they're not getting that complimentary football, like in the second half, remember that drive where they probably gained eight yards the first two plays, and then they tried to run the ball real quick, and then they got stopped. And I was like, oh, dude, that's a huge – like a three and out feels huge for this team. Yeah. We're like, even with Rod Smith, they're like, oh, three and out, we'll get the ball back. Let's try to score some – I mean, not that that was a good thing, but it seemed, it seemed huge. Because, like, man, our defense got to go back out on the field, you know? Yeah. All right, Jay, like, is there any – like, I'm trying to think. We've seen this team for two games now. We get a sample size. We get in-game evaluation. Like, are there adjustments you'd make? Because I got two I'd like to throw out at you. Uh, and Brett Bielema and Tony Peterson both hinted at this. I don't think your guard play has been great, right? I, I think well, – They've been rotating guys in and out. I think Doug Kramer's been really good. I think Vidarian Lowe has been solid. I think Paucho's played better uh, last week than he did the first week. Um, but it, those guys are undersized. Like Jarosadi and, and Bedovinak are undersized, and Pilstrom's a former walk-on tight end. I, I, I think you throw Julian Pearl in there. Seems like he's one of your most talented guys. Throw him in there, whether it's tackle, move Paucho into guard. Right. And, and as we talked about, like, guys creating havoc, I don't know if this guy can do it, but I haven't seen Isaiah Gay play well yet, so I'd like to see Seth Coleman a little bit more, just to get some sure. length, some athleticism out there. We know he's a freak athlete. I know he's probably not, you know, experienced very much, but it might might be time to, to try that. Ever since Isaiah Gay had two sacks as a true freshman, we're waiting for Isaiah Gay to come into his own, and I don't know if it's going to happen at this point. I mean, I think he's a good guy. I just don't know if he's an every-down outside backer in this scheme. Um, I like Julian Pearl as far as his frame. Listen, from Danville, Illinois, you're tough. I played against Danville in high school. Those guys don't mess around from junior football to high school. Like those guys are just, they're tough. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, Danville product, Julian Pearl, I'd like to see him out there. We we've seen him rotate quite a bit yeah. at the guard position. And um, like we've talked about, there's been a good tradition of guards in Illinois. 
You know, we, we, we go back. I mean, Martin O'Donnell with me, great guard. Uh, Karis as well. Nick Allegretti in recent history. Kendrick Green. We've had some road graders in there. And um, it makes me think, it's always a woulda, coulda, shoulda if you're an Illinois fan. If Kendrick Green was in there, how much of a difference that would make to the run game? Um, because there wasn't a better down blocker, dry blocker guy, I thought, in the conference last year. Uh, past game, he struggled some, but I mean, as far as man on man. And so the O line's got to get better. And I think they're going to make some, they've got to make some, they've got to make some um, changes to get some edge pressure. And that's what they have to do with Seth Coleman. A lot of the pressures come from the, the interior guys. I thought Johnny Newton's played actually pretty well for a young guy. I think Johnny Newton's going to be a good player. Mm. I don't know if he's the caliber of a Big Ten defensive lineman in the upper echelon right now, but I think he's going to be good. Like, I, I like Johnny. I think he's going to be a good player. All right, Jay, before I let you go, uh, just keys to the Virginia game. Um, you know, obviously a 10-point underdog, which I think before the season they were listed as 11-point underdog, so you didn't get worse there. Um, but but coming after a, a disappointing loss, I mean, you could still end the first quarter of this season right. better than most people expected if you go on the road and, and beat a good Virginia team. Well, I think I think you got to start fast, right? We got down 14 nothing, number one, uh, in the last game. You got to start fast. Offense has to wake up earlier, right? And I think Peterson will uh, script some stuff to get it going. I think Sitkowski, if he plays, I don't know if Peters or him will play, uh, but whoever plays, they're going to they're going to try to take some shots early. I think Isaiah Williams is going to be in the run game earlier. Okay, so start fast. Number two. Uh, I don't think we can, we, without playing complimentary football, we can't go back and forth, right? <coughs> Excuse me. We have to run the ball, control the time of possession and get some turnovers. We're going to play great on special teams. We got great specialists. We got great cover teams, compliment, start fast, complimentary football and get some turnovers because that increases your margin of error. We don't have a big margin of error. When you get, when you get turnovers, that increases your margin of error. I still feel confident in this football team. I think it's a more well-coached football team. I think the program's heading in the right direction. At the same time, we're still Illinois, and we got to shake that, shake that stigma. Rome wasn't built in a day. Now they're Illinois football. And Brett said, there's been a couple – there's going to be days like this. I don't like it, but we knew there'd be days like this in building this up. So that's what I have to say about the Virginia game. Jay Lamon, you're the goods man. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll see if Illinois can get a big road win, make us uh, forget about last week. Come on, man. It's all part of, as Brett would say, the fam Illy. I-L-L. Let's go. I know I say it every week, but, man, I love talking ball with Jay Lehman. Learn something new every week from him, uh, and that's why we wanted him to be a part of our team. And I hope you are enjoying it and you're learning something new from Jay Lehman every week on this podcast. Of course, Jay brings the passion as well. And uh, if you want more of Jay Lehman, we provide it. Jay is doing a weekly VIP film room for us. So our VIP members get to see Jay breaking down a certain aspect of the game, uh, whether it was last week, what we learned of them offensively and defensively in, in this staff's first games, or this week, Jay and I just broke down Zakari Franklin and UTSA's pass game, why they were just so easily successful against Illinois. And, and while I watched the film too, Jay... Um, you know, showed me some things, told me some things on our VIP phone room that I didn't notice uh, as well about it. So uh, take advantage of that. And if you're not a VIP member, 
Um, sign up now, dollar for your first month. Give us a try, and and Jay Lehman uh, and his analysis is well worth that price alone. But uh, I think you know everything else we provide with recruiting, VIP analysis, our, our columns, all of that uh, makes that a, a great deal. So try try this out, uh, check us out, and in Jay Lehman's film room. I think a lot of VIP members have, have given this feedback. Man, this is great, and this is worth my VIP mission alone. I totally agree with them. So. Check that out now. And always, uh, we appreciate you listening to our Alana Inquirer podcast. Jay will be with us each week. We'll, of course, have our opposition research each week. And, you know, at some point we'll get here with basketball a little bit more. We've done uh, some recruiting breakdowns, but it's kind of a quiet time with Derek. But do check out his Q&A uh, with Adam Fletcher, which was just fantastic. A lot of good nuggets on the Illinois basketball team. And um, Adam knows what he's doing. Illinois is in good hands and strength and conditioning department with Adam Fletcher there. So check that out as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.